but uh, first of all, first of all, I want to give reverence to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, honor to my pastor, the angel of this house, Pastor James A. Brooks II, and to my St. John Church family. I, uh, I thank Pastor Brooks for giving me this opportunity to stand before you uh, to preach this message. He's given me an assignment to preach from the book of Ephesians, the first chapter, uh, verses 4 and 5. And the text reads, According as he hath chosen us, as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us unto the adoption of the children of Jesus Christ to himself according to his good pleasure of his will amen may the Lord have a blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy, holy word father I want to uh, just bow my head before you, Lord, and ask you to uh, strengthen me, guide me, Lord, give me words of wisdom, words of encouragement, uh, words that's life-changing words, your life-changing words, Lord, that somebody here uh, might receive you here today, Lord. Somebody here might be healed today. Somebody here uh, might be comforted today. Uh, we ask it all in Jesus' name. I just want to start by saying that I've heard uh, many different things said about salvation. Some say that we have to be able to speak in tongues to be saved, while others say that you have to belong to certain denominations, and still others believe that a certain race, and, and, then, and then we have even those that... Uh, believe that you have to belong to a certain church and we have different names the church of god in christ the baptist church different different church and, and different beliefs on salvation no but i want to tell you what the bible say about being saved john three sixteen says that that you only have to be a whosoever to be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so I bring up these other uh, belief systems because I just want to say because it casts doubt and fear into the hearts of many uh, because they believe that you know, they're being told that uh, if you don't speak tongues, speak in tongues, if you, don't, uh, if you don't have a certain baptism, all of these different things are being taught. But we, what we want to do is we want to go by what the Bible say. You know, and, and the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon his name will not perish. That's what the Bible say. Fifth, the, the fifth verse of Ephesians says, he predestined us for adoption to, to, to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance to his pleasure and will. We have been adopted into God's family, no longer strangers but sons and daughters with an inheritance to the kingdom of God. Salvation is free. 
But I have to tell you something. We live in a culture where nothing good is, where nothing is free. You know, when, people, when salespeople call me and they say they got something for free, I hang up on them. <laughs> we can't earn salvation. We, we can't do enough work to earn it. We can't buy salvation. A billionaire can't afford it. We can't merit salvation, saving lives, feeding the homeless, clothing the naked. It's good to do those type of things, but it's not going to save you. You know, a better way to say salvation is free would be to say that salvation is freely given. Because when I look at this text and I look at this, this situation, somebody had to pay for our salvation. Uh, God himself provided a lamb, Revelation 13 and 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose name are not written in the book of life, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. When God speaks something into being, it's as if it already happened. God prayed the, the priceless shedding of the blood on the cross. Salvation is freely given. The work of redemption belongs to the Lord. From the beginning of the time, God predestined and foreknew who would accept and who would re reject him, his plan of salvation. Judas, on the other hand, was a child of perdition. Judas Iscariot was the son of perdition, which means that he was predestined to, he was doomed. He wasn't predestined that he was, it was preconceived that he was going to be, betray the Lord and that he would be doomed to eternal damnation, which is the opposite of being predestined, uh, having salvation. Once saved, always saved. You don't have to worry about losing your salvation because salvation is the work of God. It does not depend on us, but it depends on God. He said that God predestined us before the foundation of the world, and he said that God died for us uh, Jesus when the, uh, when the foundation was laid from the foundation of the world. And so Judas, up until he betrayed Christ, didn't look any different than any of the rest of the disciples. In fact, when, when the Lord told them that somebody was going to betray him, they asked, is it I? They looked upon each other and they asked who it would be. None of them knew it was, it was Judas except for the Lord. And so John 3.16 reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that, believeth, that who believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When, when interpreting the scripture, if we understand God more better, God is too big for time to handle. God exists outside of time. When the Bible was written, God, when God uh, gave men the umption to write the Bible, he has a, a view of the end. In the beginning, from the beginning, he, he, know, he has a view of the end. And from the end, he has a 
a view of the beginning in mind. And so he's writing with the end in mind. He's writing with the beginning in mind. He, being God, predestined us according to his will and purpose. It might be better for us to interpret scripture uh, understanding uh, how the writers, how God used these writers to show. Because when he talked about God being the uh, being chosen in him before the foundation of the world, God being slain, the lamb being slain, that's found in Revelations. It's not found in Genesis, but Revelation at the end of the Bible. But it's talking about the beginning. So God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What that mean is, you know, while we was out running the streets, having a good time, partying, uh, doing the things that was important to us. You know, I read a, uh, I read a, a bumper sticker that said, he, he who has the most toys win. And, you know, that's kind of a worldly mentality as far as being successful. You know, but when we were out there in the world, we were not conscious of the things of God, not conscious of the things of the spiritual world. The God of pleasure was, was our God. We were only concerned with the temporary life, impressing our friends, impressing man. He who has the most toys win. King Solomon had all the wives, money, homes, achievements, kingdoms that any man could ever want. But he writes, it was all vanity. He said, I, 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 denied my, I didn't deny myself anything that my eyes desired, but in the end, it was all vanity. Listen, if your life is unfulfilled, stop looking outward and start looking inward. Stop comparing your inside to other people's outsides. What we need is God to fulfill us. What's missing in our lives, only God can sustain you through the loss of loved ones through heartache and despair, through loss of income. Through it all, God will see you through. I've heard, if God really exists, why would he allow us so much pain? RC, Dr. R.C. Sproul said this, God looked down through the corridors of time he saw all the pain and the suffering and all the problems that would bring to create the world. But he, loved, but he so loved the world that he created it anyway. And then he so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to save us. I believe that the problem we face today is it's not so that we put too much emphasis on what's important to the world or the physical realm and not, not enough on the things of the spirit like peace. God gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding, all human understanding. Grace, God's unmerited favor, love, wisdom, mercy, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus, the work of salvation belongs to God. And he did a complete job that doesn't need any improvement or any help. Hebrews, the ninth chapter, 
16 through 19 and 26 and 28 reads this. For where a testament is, there must also be the necessity via the death of the testator. For the, tes the testament is for, of the force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Unto neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the book, the blood of the calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and, and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by sacrifice of himself. So he appeared the second time without sin unto salvation. You know, Jesus left the will and he signed it with his own blood. Salvation is signed, sealed, and delivered by God. He chose us before the foundation of the world. He was slain before the foundation of the world. He sealed us, Ephesians 4 and 30 says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemptions. Philippians 1 and 6 read, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The devil would have us struggling and doubting ourselves to anybody that can hear my voice, saved or unsaved, if you feel like you're, you aren't good enough, none of us are. Jesus could fulfill the requirements of Messiah, Christ the Messiah. Christ and Christ alone is able to save us. Often I speak of my failures, not because I don't have any accolades. Uh, when I was driving the flyway, I was employee of the month twice in a row. In grade school, I always got citizen of the week. And not because I was so good, because I was suffering from dizziness from an injury and accident, so I was always quiet because I didn't feel good. But I was always a citizen of the week. As a mechanic, I was working for Midas. I, was, I had a lot of uh, other garages sending vehicles to me to fix the problems. But you know what? One problem I couldn't fix was myself. I couldn't save myself. I need a savior. I need Jesus. Wherefore, is he able also to save them to the uttermost? Come unto God by him seeing he ever liveth. To him intercession to them, Hebrews 7.25. Our salvation is certain. With our behavior, on the other hand, uh, we must conform to the Holy Spirit. And he that sanctify us, more we conform to the word of God, and the better our behavior becomes. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Resist, resist the devil, and he shall flee. You know, one of the things I would share with anybody is that when we first come to church, it might be difficult. But the thing is, no matter what you feel or what you think, you keep your feet moving in the right direction. You know, my feet stopped going to some of the places I used to go to. And I started going to 
church. I started going to uh, better places. I started doing better things. And as I start, as, as my behavior changed, my thinking came along later. And so, you know, I would just encourage us not to put too much on our thinking and our feeling because, uh, you know, doing bad can be f familiar. It's easy to do what's familiar. Doing good can be scary. Uh, doing something different from what you've, what you've been accustomed to can be scary and it can be difficult. But as we give our lives to God, we start to let go of some of those other things that kept us away from God, kept us away from church. And we start leaning on some of the things that would make us, uh, that would make our lives more conform to uh, the belief of God. It says, be ye uh, transformed by the renewing of the, of the mind and be not conformed to the things of the world. I want to tell you, since I've been in church, I don't miss anything that I left behind. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. You know, uh, this is not a long sermon, uh, but I do want to just leave you with the thought that salvation, God preordained uh, that we uh, would be saved. God, he commanded his love toward, toward us while we were yet sinners. And he says, I chose you and not you yourselves. God chose us, he, uh, he saved us, and he's able to keep us through his Holy Spirit. He's able to keep us until the day of uh, to that day of, of the Lord. And so we're not dependent on ourselves for our salvation. We are dependent on the Lord and the Lord only for our salvation. It's not, salv it's not uh, the Lord plus our works. It's not, uh, it's not dependent on anything but Christ himself and, and his grace, his unmerited favor, meaning that there was nothing that we did that deserved it. It's mercy. That's a gift that we receive. We receive mercy, grace and mercy. And so I just want to end with saying this, that the Lord died a death on a cross. The Roman cross was meant to humiliate you. It was meant to dehumanize you. It was meant to degrade you. It was meant for you to die in, in, in the worst type of shame ever. In fact, a Roman citizen could not be crucified. When they crucified Jesus, God saves to the uttermost, even those that suffered the death on the Roman cross, should they call upon the name of the Lord. We know that there were two male factors on either side of the Lord when he was crucified. And one said, Lord, can I be with you this day in, in, in paradise? And he, he said to him, you shall be with me this day in paradise. And so he didn't, this male factor didn't go to church. He wasn't baptized. He hadn't uh, sung in the choir. He didn't preach no sermons. He just asked the Lord. 
And that's what we have to do. We have to ask the Lord, come into my heart and save me. He is the one that saves, and he's able to save to the uttermost. And if you have received the Lord from the day you received the Lord, your salvation is guaranteed because it's signed, sealed, and delivered. God himself has sealed you. Amen.